Hello and welcome back. So today I'm going to share with you some dark moments of the soul. And it's really about my journey with a lot of different things. Um, how I overcome many things really in life. Um, but the very first thing that I'm going to start with is how I found my dad, my biological father. So I guess I really need to go back to when I was about 16 years old. The dad who raised me, and we'll call him Dad One because that's how I refer to him and how I keep everybody separated so that people understand which one I'm talking about. So his mother, my grandmother, um... Well, I've grown up knowing her as my grandmother. She's not my biological grandmother, but, you know, growing up, that's who, uh, that's what I called her, and that's what I still call her today, even though she's no longer with us, and, you know, we had our ups and downs with her. She wasn't always um, the best grandma in the world. You know, she had her favorites, and she treated everybody differently and you know if you worked hard she she thought very highly of you if you did things for her she thought very highly of you um you know those those are the kind of things so she would kind of pick and choose between the grandkids all throughout the time now she didn't necessarily treat me poorly um she was really good to my sister who has down syndrome and for that i will always be grateful she didn't always tell the truth about things but on this she did tell me the truth and i will be forever grateful for that so one night i was spending the night at her house with my cousin my cousin and her dad lived with them or lived with her with with her and and my grandpa and out of the blue, I'm not sure why, um, I'm not sure what this brought on, why it brought it on, or maybe it was just on her conscious, I don't know. I know that a lot of my aunts and uncles, you know, now that, that the secret is kind of out, they're very relieved. Um, so, and maybe it was just that, I, I'm not really sure. But she, at that point, decided to tell me that my dad wasn't my dad. And that's really how she said it. She just said, you know, your dad isn't your dad. And um, I remember just, I, I didn't have any emotions. Like, I wasn't crying. I didn't get upset. I didn't scream. I didn't yell. I just kind of took it in and was like, okay. As if accepting it as somebody was just telling me something out of the ordinary. And I guess probably on a soul level, I, I sort of knew that. Because growing up, even though I had a sister, even though I had brothers, I still felt like an only child. And in some ways, that's kind of true. Um, in a lot of ways, it is, and, and but it really isn't. Because I do have half-siblings. But between my mom and my biological father, I am the only child. So that would make sense as to why I would feel that, at least in my mind, right? So, you know, things, time would go on, and two of my aunts, at different points and times, <clears throat> would also tell me the same thing, that he was not my biological father. 
Now, one of my aunts, my cousin's mom, because now at this point, she's back in the picture. The one that I spent the night with at my grandma's house. Her mom is back in the picture. She's back with her dad. And, um, <clears throat> I'm spending the day with her. Uh, my cousin and I, we went to a pool. And when my aunt picked me up, she had taken me to... Um, she took me to the, the courthouse where all the records and everything else are kept. And I actually saw this book where it had the last name of McConnell in it. And then it was marked out and the last name of Lee was put in its place. Now, again, you know, each time that I was told, I didn't get upset. I wasn't crying. I wasn't screaming. I wasn't doing anything. Did it affect me? Absolutely, it did. It actually changed who I was at that point in time because there were certain points that I did get kind of rebellious but then again when you think about it isn't that normal just for teenagers to kind of do to kind of test the test the waters a little bit for their own independence because it's not like I did anything major I didn't run away from school I didn't start drinking I didn't start doing drugs I didn't do any of that you know so the things that I did, I guess you could chalk it up to teenage rebellious, whatever. It's not like I did, I went into a store and I stole things or anything like that. I didn't skip school. I never got in trouble in school. You know, I was still fairly a pretty good kid. So when I did ask my mom about this, the only thing she would ever say to me is that's the only dad that you've ever known. Now, to me, that in enough says everything. That says to me that what they were telling me is the truth. And coming from the three people who told me, I mean, you really had to question because none of them were very good at telling the truth when it came to things. They didn't always, they weren't always truthful. They weren't always honest. And so... But I, I, I really have no idea what the purpose uh, was behind telling me other than either to cause drama or the guilt was just too much. You know, keeping that secret was too much. And, you know, so again, you know, they're not, none of them are alive to tell me why to answer that question. I never thought, at the age of 16, I never thought to say, why are you telling me this now? You know, what? what's the purpose behind that? So I kind of let it go. I let it go. And there were times that it would bother me. There were times that I would try to figure out who my dad was. Um, you know, who lived around my where my mom did. And I never found those answers. Now, having said that, when my mom passed away and my grandma passed away, um, my sister went to live with our youngest brother. And that really upset me because mom always wanted Kimmy to come here and stay if something ever happened to her. And her dad, of course, I, I know why he would do it just out of spite. He's definitely... He's definitely just like his mom, um, like 100%. And quite honestly, I haven't heard a lot of good things 
about him from other family members now that my mom has passed. My grandma, she took a lot of things to her grave, but she even wasn't a fan of him and alluded to some things, but wouldn't come right out and say what it is. So, when that happened, I was speaking to my aunt and I blurted it all out. I mean, I don't think she realized that I had been told at the age of 16, but at some point she felt that she thought that I already knew who my dad was. And it's like, if I would have known who my dad was, I would have already gone to meet him. I would have already met all of my brothers and my sister. Um, so yeah, and it's like, I didn't know who it was. And so when I blurted that out and said that, she said, no, she said, you know, she was telling you the truth and she was speaking about my grandmother, my grandma Lee, um, dad one's mom. He, she said, no, she was telling you the truth. He isn't your biological father. She said he is Kimmy's biological father, um, which I knew he was also Kenneth, but, um, but she definitely confirmed that. And I knew... I had, like I said, I had already known known that when um, my mom answered the way that she did. And also, Dad 1 was in Vietnam at the time that I would have been born. So it's like, mm, there's, you know, a gap there. So how did all of this take place type of thing? So I do know that I lived the first year with my grandma and grandpa, and that explains why. And... So, she said she doesn't know, but maybe Trish would know, which is my mom's sister. She was, she would have been, you know, she was really close in age with my mom. But I felt like I needed to ask my Uncle Jack because he is my go-to. Like, my, my aunts and uncles are more like my brothers and my sisters than my aunts and uncles. And I think that's because I grew up. I lived with them for like the first year of my life, but I was there all the time. And so like I have an uncle who's really close in age to me. Like there's only like two years difference between me and my youngest uncle. So he's more like a brother than an uncle too. And so, you know, I called and I asked my Uncle Jack and my Uncle Jack told me who he was. And he said, my Aunt Bev who was married to my mom's brother would know a lot more. And so I found out who my dad was. And for however many years, like basically 50 years, I was the family secret. And everyone was really happy to be able to know that I finally knew and they didn't have to keep that secret anymore. My mom had made them all keep the secret, even though there were times they wanted to tell me, but they didn't because of her. And, you know, some of my cousins knew about this secret and they were sworn to secrecy. Like their mom um, was tired of keeping the secret to themselves and they had to tell somebody. I guess in the event that if something happened to them, at least somebody would know and they would be able to tell me. I'm not really sure, but there were several cousins who already knew the truth. And so when I finally, <clears throat> when I finally learned who I was, you know, the first thing I did was I went to Facebook. I mean, thank goodness for Facebook at this time, right? 
So I went to Facebook and I put in the name and I did a search and I found my brother. My brother lived less than an hour from where I grew up. He was friends, mutual friends with some family members, but yet we didn't know each other. As a matter of fact, some of the family members I didn't even know either, but I knew that they were related. And it's so weird in our family. Like there are certain cousins that lived a very short distance and we rarely saw them. And then there are cousins who live farther away that I knew more about than anything else. It was, it's just really weird how things work out. But I was able to reconnect with my, my oldest brother who connected me with my, one of my younger brothers. And he was the, the, the go between my dad and, um, he was, well, he was like the middleman between me and my dad, basically. And so he would send stuff to my dad and my dad, you know, at first he was like, well, I don't remember. And then when I mentioned my aunt's name, because he went to school with her, <clears throat> like literally he grew up with her. They, they graduated together, everything. And so when I mentioned her, suddenly he remembered, right? And so he gave me his number so I could call him. And, you know, not only did I meet my brother, Chris, or I, you know, I was connected with my brother, Chris. He connected me to uh, my sister, which was Shannon, um, and my brother, Cassidy. And um, I didn't get to connect with Casey online, but I did connect with him. I did meet him. So it turns out that I have five brothers from my dad and a sister and two brothers and a sister on the other side of the family. So my brother Steve and I, I mean, we all have different moms. Like, well, not everybody. Steve has a different mom. I have a different mom. Shannon has a different mom. Chris, Cassidy, and Casey, they all have the same mom. And their mom has passed away. So unfortunately, I didn't get to meet her. I didn't get to meet my grandma. I, I missed meeting my grandma by like a couple of years, just like I missed meeting um, my brother's mom by a couple of years, which was sad, you know. And so from what I'm told is that when my dad found out that my mom was pregnant with me, he just left. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't really care about the past. I just wanted to get to know who my dad was. I don't even know how my mom and dad met because, like I said, he lived in a different town from where she lived, and he was older than her. So I'm not really sure how they met. He also was in Vietnam. And the other thing is that... I'm not sure why he at first couldn't remember who I was. Now, my dad, my dad is bipolar. And as I found out, that's not something that's hereditary. It's something that um, happens, I guess, with growing up. And I'm not sure all the trauma and stuff that he went into. Because, 
Again, my grandma's not here, but he, he has shared some things with me that I'm not going to share. Um, there's no point in, in sharing some information. But I can imagine that's where a lot of the, the uh, bipolar came from. And, you know, my brothers and sisters, um, my brothers and my sister, but have all, you know, they were really concerned about me meeting him. Not because I was going to be rejected or, or anything else. They were just really concerned because of the way they grew up. So, my oldest brother... He doesn't have anything to do with our dad at all. Shannon doesn't have anything to do with her dad. Occasionally, I think she calls him, but that's really it. She has a hard time and can't get past the past. And the same way with my brother, Steve. My brother, Chris, he's the one who kind of checks in on him and, and kind of, you know, does whatever he needs to do. He lives in Georgia. And my dad lives in Florida. And, um, my brother Casey, my brother Cassidy, they live in Florida. My brother Casey actually lives with our dad. And so that's basically how I found out who my dad was. And then, um, I did go to meet him and, um, you know, things were good on the first visit. I'm sad to say I don't have a connection with my dad after all. Um, the 25th will be a year since I've since I've seen my dad. Well, actually, I guess really that week. The 25th is the last time I was in Florida. The 25th of April of last year. And, you know, my dad's birthday is in April. My brother Steve's birthday is in April. My brother Cassidy's birthday is in April. My niece Lily's birthday is in April, and my birthday is in April, and so is my, well, I think I already said my dad's birthday is in April. And, um, actually my granddaughter's birthday is in April, too. Her birthday is the same as my dad's. And, you know, he made sure to tell me that they were going to go celebrate on the 24th all of their birthdays together. And it's like you couldn't wait one more day to celebrate a birthday with your daughter that you've never had to celebrate a birthday with. So I'm, you know, that kind of stung a little bit. And it was kind of like a slap in the face. But okay, you know, we'll put that aside. And so when I got there, you know, I I called and I asked, I said, can, you know, can I come over? Can I see you on Monday? And he made an excuse. And so I called him the day before I left. He's like, yeah, I feel a lot better now. He says, you can come over today. And he knew I was leaving the next day. And it's like that was the only reason why he was seeing me. And that was really sad. But I realized in that moment that the novelty of meeting a new daughter and everything else kind of wore off. And this is what my sister Shannon, this is what my brother Chris was trying to tell me, trying to save me from. But, you know, I look at it as I gave him an opportunity when I didn't have to to get to know who I was. I took an opportunity to get to know he was, who he was without asking him why he wasn't around, how he met my mom. I didn't ask any of those questions. You know, that wasn't important. I just genuinely wanted to know 
where I came from, who I was, you know, what he did growing up. That's what I wanted to know. And he missed that opportunity. And it's like, I am not going to allow someone to hurt me when they don't really want to take an opportunity to get to know who I am. So I walked away and I closed that door. Now, during that week in Florida, my brother, for whatever reason, um, he decided, I mean, he was having issues with our dad too at the time. And I wanted to see everybody at, at once so that, you know, I could spend equal time because I didn't want somebody saying, well, you spent time with them, but you didn't take an opportunity to spend time with me. So knowing that they only live like a block away from each other, I wanted to spend time with everybody and get to know them. And because I didn't, and he was kind of leery about COVID and everything else, even though we've been vaccinated and, you know, done what we needed to do, he decided that I was no longer his family. And so he not only removed me, but he removed our brother, Chris, and removed our brother, Steve. And I don't even think he was friends with our sister, Shannon, at the time on Facebook. And I haven't spoke to him since. So it's like, okay, you know, whatever. Um, and it's so sad that everybody is so dysfunctional that they don't want to speak to the other. None of my brothers speak to my, to our sister. Um, on occasion, I do speak to my sister. My sister doesn't reach out all that much. And I know she has her own issues and that, that she's dealing with. Um, you know, the door is always open for her. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's just you know, how it is. However, having said that and gone through all of that, let's backtrack a little bit. So when I say that I was acting out and everything else, um, and you know, just regular teenage behavior, I couldn't wait to move out of that house because also at one point in time, and it was probably around, probably about a year before that, um, my dad won and my mom were in an argument and for whatever reason his comment was it's either her or me and so at that point in time things kind of shifted at our house and it was like I became just the babysitter and the person who cleaned the house did the dishes and that kind of stuff you know, even going to school, if I needed help with schoolwork or anything else, if I didn't understand something, I never got help with that. You know, it was up to me to figure it out. So at that point, you know, I had, I had had enough. I mean, there were other things that went on at that house that, um, you know, I'm not really going to go into. When I turned 16, I didn't get a car. My brothers turned 16, they got a car. You know, and so there was a big difference. And it wasn't just me who noticed that difference. My cousins on my, on dad one side noticed the difference and always made comments that I was treated differently than everybody else. And so the moment that I turned 18 and I was able to leave, I did. But, you know, what I left from became even worse. 
So that is its own little dark night of the soul in itself because at that point I left I left home and went into a relationship that was abusive. And I stayed there for a long time and I went through a lot of physical, a lot of emotional, a lot of verbal abuse. And a lot of it was because I didn't have any self-esteem. I didn't have any self-worth. Um, you know, I felt like that was all I deserved. But there came a time when I decided that enough was enough and too much was too much. And I walked away. And that's when things slowly started to get better. Um, but there were times that I didn't know if I was going to make it to another day, not because I was going to take my life, but because of the abuse that I endured. There were times that I had been pushed out a door, um, times that he wanted to do things and luckily something happened, something intervened where there were either dogs getting loose and he had to go get the dogs for his dad or something. Um, you know, it, there was just so much craziness, so much, so much chaos. And the last part, um, before I, when I moved out, I was working at a bank and, um, this was in January. So a few months before that, he woke up for whatever reason and said, I hate you for what you did. And I'm like, I don't even know what I did. But the next thing I know, he's punching me and I end up with a black eye. And as soon as he punched me, I knew enough to get up and put something on my eye, right? So I did so that the swelling wouldn't, would go down and I would be able to open my eye and be able to see because I still had to go to work. Um, you know, and I made sure my girls didn't see me at the time. And so, um, I got through all of that. It was really close to Christmas. And then he was also seeing somebody else at the time. And there was one night that I had gone to, uh, I had gone shopping um, the, the place where I work, they wanted us to dress a little bit more professional and all this stuff. So I was going and looking for a few other pieces that I could add to my wardrobe. And I came home and he accused me of a bunch of things that I hadn't done at all. And it got so bad that I ended up calling dispatch. Um, working at the bank, I used to transport money from one branch to another and so I knew dispatch's number by heart and they knew who I was without me even telling them who I was and he left and they called back to make sure that I was okay and I said yeah I, I, I'm fine you know he left um so I went back to bed I slept for a few hours because I hadn't been to sleep I got up he had called and things started again. And it was at that point that I'm like, I'm done. I'm out of here because he threatened me. And it was like, I was really tired of those threats. And I knew at one point in time, one day those threats were going to be real. 
So I called my mom and my brother and some of his friends, you know, they had trucks. They came and started loading things up. He sent people to try to block us from leaving. And um, my father-in-law, his father, um, had a small heart attack because he was so upset because I was leaving and his dad, his dad, regardless of his faults, his dad always treated me like one of his own. Like he was so good to me. And, you know, I did stay in contact with him even after because he was just, you know, like I said, he was good to me. He just didn't understand why his son was behaving the way he was. And so it was a long day. Like, I had to get a storage area, and there were a lot of different things. And at one point, my aunt got word that he was coming out there with a gun. And so we called dispatch again. I think we had called them numerous times that day. And they sent somebody out there to stop him from leaving from where he was at. And I had until midnight to get all of my things out. So I got everything out and I walked away and I've not looked back. And all of this relates to what I do today. Um, because he knew I was a psychic. He knew I was a medium at that point in time. And, you know... Or he knew that I, the word psychic and medium never actually never came into my vocabulary. He knew that I had dreams and things happened. He knew that I knew things without being told. Um, and that was really it. It wouldn't be until 2010 that I fully accepted that term of a medium or a psychic. So that was never an issue with our, with our relationship. Um, but all the things that I had gone through my entire life from, you know, not knowing who my dad was and then finding my dad and, and going through all these secrets and all the abuse, the mental, the physical, the verbal, the emotional abuse that I've dealt with my entire life has actually prepared me to help others who are going through very similar situations, who are dealing with narcissistic people who are in relationships that aren't good, who, you know, have, they don't, they have low self-esteem. They don't believe in themselves. You know, I've walked that walk. I have went through the fire. I've went through those dark nights of the soul so that I can help others come out on the other side. So that's something that I wanted to share with you. And there's going to be other things that I share with you too, not just about this. Um, it is pertaining to my journey. Don't get me wrong. It is pertaining to my journey, but there's going to be also other things too. We're going to dive into some herbs and parts of my practice that nobody else gets to hear about or to see. So if this is something that you are interested in hearing more of, um, I hope you will come back and listen again. So until then, and the next time, have a great day. Bye.